John chapter 6 verse 63, Jesus said, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. A warm welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church. You're in for an uplifting time in God's word. Enjoy the message. By God's gracious mercy, we have the gift of another day. The gift of reading and sharing from the word of God. Coming to you from the pulpit ministry of Calvary Baptist Church. I love you in the Lord. And I love the word of God. I love to teach it. And I hope you also love to teach, to learn, to read, and study the word of God. Today, we continue our series in the book of Timothy. I'll be quoting many passages. But our essential passage is 1 Timothy chapter 5, from verse 17 to 25. But now, let's hear what it will be about by referring to new, young, pastor, the relationship with the church. Let us pray. A gracious God, again, teach me to teach your people. In Jesus' name, amen. A pastor entered a church where he was going to be voted upon as the incoming senior pastor. He had served that church for over 20 years. He said, well, they know me and I know them. So, fine. No big deal. He decided to sit in the lobby, reading a paper before the church starts. Then the wife decided to go to use the ladies. The wife came back fuming. That pastor, it's going to be a very difficult church for you to pastor. And the husband asked him, what is it? He said, oh, they were asking who is preaching today. And he said, is a senior pastor, the one who is about to retire. And some said, we will, we will actually miss him. We will miss him too badly. We will miss him. He's a good man. They kept talking, talking, talking. The one younger lady said, but there's a new pastor coming. He said, that boy, what are we going to do with him? And then we'll be in this church long. We won't leave. We'll still be here. We hope he grows up. The wife was thoroughly confused. And she went telling the husband, I think you made a mistake to accept to be the senior pastor of these people. They have no respect for you at all. So he turned to the wife and said, so how many people were carrying on this conversation? Say four. So all of them agreed that have nothing to offer them. And you think so? He said, I, I don't know. But I just not, I, I'm just, I just think we shouldn't be here. Friends, I'm saying that because here is a pastor who is coming and there's a pastor who is going. And there's a conversation about the old pastor and the new pastor. I'm sharing when a new pastor comes as a leader of a church, you who are young ministers or who are about to take over or who are retiring, or you who are church members, to see how transitions work, how dynamics work. And if we have a clear understanding of the power relationships in the church, how a church is supposed to work, the church, the house of God, we will have an atmosphere that causes the church of God to move on. Because whether we like it or not, 
there will be movements and changes. A new pastor will come. Believe you me, take Jesus. He was a pastor of his church. He founded it. But the time came when he had to move on. And who did he leave in charge? Peter, a fisherman. And all those 12 people or 11 people, did they carry on the tradition? They did, but with the help of others. In our passage today, Paul is addressing young Timothy about the relationships when you are a new pastor. And I'll zero in on that very soon because the context is important. From verse 17, 1 Timothy 5, 17 to 25, we read, Let the elders who rule well be considered of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, and the laborer deserves his wages. Do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all, so that the rest may stand in fear in the presence of God and of Christ and of the elect angels. I charge you, keep these rules without prejudging. Do nothing from partiality. Do not be hasty in laying on of hands, nor take part in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. The sins of some people are conspicuous, going before them to judgment, but the sins of others appear later. So also, good works are conspicuous, even those that are not seen. Now we'll continue. Praise the Lord. A very interesting and a difficult passage. But let me try and put it in context again. The Apostle Paul had pioneered this church in Ephesus. So we call him the pioneering pastor, the founder pastor. He spent close to one and a half years with them. And the people loved him. Of course, he was the template. He was the master. They saw what he did. And when he was leaving to go to Rome, he visited this church. In Acts 20, 36 to 38, we read, And when he had laid these things, he knelt down and prayed with them. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful, most of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. Paul passed through that church on the way to Rome. He called the elders. He prayed for them. They prayed for him. He, he told them what he had done from house to house. You can read Acts 20. Very emotional passage. The kind of passage that you read and you see the dynamics of a loving pastor and his congregation. Say, I'm going. And he's gone. He never came back. That same church has a new leader called Timothy put in charge of that church. He's not Paul to speak like Paul. He doesn't have many credentials. He hasn't done first missionary journey, second missionary, third missionary journey with that experience and alacrity. No, he's young. His father may be a Greek. Later on, he was circumcised. He has so many things. His stature, he didn't study under Gamaliel. So as far as we are concerned, he was quite a young man. 
Paul said he had been anointed, and he can confirm it, and others have confirmed it. And he was youthful, so pastored this church. Scholars think that the guy may have had troubles, two types of troubles, internal and external. Internal being the way he looked at himself. I'm young. So we spent the previous weeks looking at how Paul taught him that even if you are young, look, look at yourself differently. As a pastor being sent to a church, who has sent you there? Let's take it that we are about 30 million Ghanaians in this country. And you are 25 years old or 40 years old. And the president of Ghana has decided to send you as an ambassador to, the, to a big country to go and be our representative. When you get there, you are the one representing the president. You don't carry yourself as the one going to represent the boys and girls of this country. So he's telling him, if you have been sent there to lead this church, Timothy, you are young, but you can do it. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is on you. Don't despise yourself. There are things you need to know, things you need to do, but know them, steady, and be an example to the believers. So that's the internal one, that you fortify yourself, coach yourself, be competent, be able, be capable. Read, pray, ask, fast, have people around you who pray for you. Depend on the Lord, he will show you. So those internal things, you need to do it. You must have a strong network. You must have a communication channel with the Lord as your leader who will guide you and lead you in the path of righteousness. You must know how the Lord speaks to you. But beyond that, <laughs> there was pressure from outside. People who would think you are a small boy, they will test you, who are different from you. They will bring you tribal cards, political cards. They are richer than you. They are more educated than you. They've seen more than you. So they despise you. But why are they in the church? I don't know. The church is a very, very dynamic body. And people join churches for various reasons. Some are joining the church because they want a nice social club to belong to. That's why they are there. Not necessarily to worship God. I met a woman sometime who was singing in the choir. And I asked her, when I heard your voice, I turned back and heard you singing in the choir. I was wondering what you were doing in the choir. So I'm there in a the political capacity. Everybody knows I don't sing well, but I just like the choir. So you are there. Yes, she's there. I'm saying there are all kinds of people who come to church, not necessarily to worship God. And some of them are there as agents to just cause trouble in the church. Why? The Bible clearly tells us that the devil sometimes disguises himself as an angel of light. So all these people can gank up against you and they can cause you to have internal bleeding and strife. Something that, that is why Timothy was advised by Paul that for the sake of your stomach and all your frequent problems, do not take only water. Add some wine. Perhaps that was a medicinal thing. You can read. Doctors can advise you some of the things that we do. A little bit of alcohol. He's not asking to be a drunkard. But he says, for the sake of your stomach. Why was he having stomach troubles? Maybe stress. Maybe some ulcer, we don't know. But obviously, the young man may have been having problems. And if you've ever led people, you would know that these things can cause trouble for you. Hypertension, diabetes, 
most pastors, after you've done this for a while, it goes with the theft. Yes, the grace of God abounds, but the human problems also abound. So these are the advice, piece of advice Paul is giving. Now he goes on earlier, I mean, earlier to even say a few things to him. So he tells him, internal, external, whether you like it or not, you have been appointed. You are the new pastor. Whether you are new in terms of having newly come or you are new because they appointed you or you are young compared to the older pastor, this is your church. How do you relate to them? Say, for the older members, don't show any partiality. They were here before you were born. What is right is right. Let God's word guide you. Secondly, love all. Not only the rich. Don't visit the only rich. Love all. Try as much as possible to love all people. Listen to all people. Serve all. You must be seen as the servant of all. Even if they don't like you, even if they don't want you to serve, you must not be seen as somebody who is disrespecting older members of the church. Acknowledge their role. They may not necessarily be right, but there will be no partiality. If they are wrong, they are wrong. Love them and love them and correct them if they need to. Older widows. Oh, these are now the matriarchs of the church. And they can intimidate anybody. They will see you, they will call you, you are my son, you are my grandson, you are this and that. I remember I went to a church and um, the church had been there for a very long time. And I was a new pastor in this church. And I was trying to help the church to grow. So I had put some ideas across how we can have multiple services, we can do this. Then I was sent a message that some old widows wanted to see me. So I went there and said, Pastor, if you change the time, you bring it earlier, we cannot come to church. Say, why? Because we sleep late, wake up late, we are not able to come. I said, no, no, no. Your particular service will go to, towards the noon. He said, we still cannot come. So I said, what do you want me to do? He said, the way the church was, we want it to be like that. We are the pioneers. Why have you come from somewhere to come and change our church? I said, please, the church is not ours. It's not mine. The population of the area is growing. I love you all. We send buses to come and pick you if you want to come. They talked and talked and talked. And I said, look, I'm sorry. God sent me here to transform and build his church. So we would give an experiment and we'll do it. You are welcome. But if you will not come, I promise you, one day when you come and visit, you'll be surprised. Whatever your decision is, pray for the church to grow. So yes, and then they've not been giving us welfare. They've not been giving us, I said, you have a lot of complaint. I agree. It is when the church grows, money comes in prayer, you'll be taken good care of. So these older widows had constituted themselves to be a power block. I heard they had blocked other pastors before. Any idea to grow the church, we are the pioneers, we are the widows, we are this and that and that. Paul told Timothy, there's a class. Older widows. Older members, older widows. There's another class. Younger widows. Yes. They are another group. I'll get into that later on. So, and then, uh, (laughs) watch these ones also. They are widows. But some of them can marry. Some of them can go on. Some of them are beautiful. Some of them must have skills. All of these people must not be a burden on the church. You must have structure and order. Then it comes to church officers. What I'm saying is this. Paul did not want Timothy to go into this church naive of all the power dynamics that are in the church. They are there. They are clubs. 
their fans. They are all there seeking their interest. But all of them hopefully trying to seek the Lord. But they are coming from the left, the right, this and that. And they are all targeting you as a new minister, as a young minister. What do you do? You need wisdom. Who do you talk to about what? What will you get from it? This is where Paul now talks about church offices. In every church that you go, you will see that there are offices. And how do you deal with these offices? If there are offices already, and because it is a church that is already in motion, you will get offices. And these offices are people who may have held the church. These offices work in various departments. They are those who serve as pastors, as deacons, secretaries, custodians. They are laymen, full-time workers, volunteers. There are all kinds of people who are already in the church. How do you deal with them? The early church had only one pastor, Timothy. But there were several others who were called elders who helped. Some of these elders were ruling elders, and some of them were preaching elders, ruling and teaching. There are two types, ruling and teaching. The ruling elders supervise the work of the congregation, and the teaching elders, as the name implies, taught the people. So you have people in the church who are responsible for the way the church is organized, the sheepfold, the household, and all of that. But when they have organization, then they are teaching elders also. They teach the congregation about what God wants, equipping them, God's call. And most of them were chosen and were ordained to be part of the ministry so that the pastor does not work alone. Some of these may have been in that church before Timothy went. How do you relate to them? <laughs> teaching elders. And there are others with other gifts that are there. How do you deal with these people? Paul is giving him some clear instructions about how to deal with even these elders. So assuming they are being paid, pay them wages that are fair. So the laborer is worthy of his hire. Okay, the issue of salary has been very difficult to talk about in churches. Churches have moved to the extreme. I remember I read an article some time ago about a pastor in some village church somewhere who had gone to buy an automatic car, second-hand Toyota Camry, very comfortable, with a radio in it, with a, he put some music in it, and went and parked it in the parking lot. The elders called him, Pastor, what worldliness is this? You're going to buy this car? It's the biggest car, car in the parking lot. Say, it's a second-hand car. Say, no, 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 no. Pastor, you are now showing too much arrogance. Why do you want your car to be so big? It should be like, brother, this and this. He said, what? I have a big family. And that caused trouble for him. Second-hand car. He had gone to buy a car to make his work easier because he has family. And he transports a lot of people in and out. He thought this car would help him. The elders will have none of it. We don't want those type of leaders. Those type of leaders produce pain and ache. But there are people like that. And Paul is teaching them, fine. You look, the laborer is worthy of his hire. Then he goes to the other extreme. There are some pastors who actually manipulate congregations to collect whatever they want to collect 
they have everything going for them. The church is not about you being paid. Someone to collect everything here. When you go to heaven, what will you have there? So work with that. But apart from how the pastors or the leaders are taken care of, there's an important issue about what to do when a pastor or an elder goes wrong. That comes to disciplining the elders. Disciplining elders. Brothers and sisters, we are all servants of God. We are all limited because we are vessels of honor. But we are vessels with our sins, with our limitations. And you may do something that is wrong. If it is wrong, even as a minister, you want to be corrected? If the minister, young as you are, you find out an elder, a widow, or somebody has done something that is wrong, will you correct the person? If a church member feels that something is happening, are they able to correct the person lovingly? Is there an avenue to do all of these things? Now, this is where Paul is teaching Timothy, as a leader of the church, how to take charge of this. There are some who don't even talk about discipline. So anything goes, or they hide it. You've seen scandal upon scandal upon scandal of church immorality. COVID, either sleeping with men or women, or taking church money, consuming church money, covered it over and over and over and over. As a result, the church of God has lost its credibility in the eyes of the world. From hiding, we don't pay taxes. That's not how we also, we're not supposed to be like that. Even Jesus paid taxes. That's the extreme. The other extreme is that when somebody does something, then it's in the press. This pastor has done this, this has done this, this has done this. It becomes juicy news without even investigation. And by the time you investigate, it is bad news that sells. They are not able to even come back to correct this. So he gives some guidelines. The church elder, you must understand something. When a church elder does something that is wrong, first, the purpose of discipline must be for restoration, not destruction, not revenge. Somebody has backslided, somebody has told a lie, somebody has impregnated somebody, somebody, whatever. It is for restoration. But first, Paul's caution is that you must be sure of the facts. So you, Timothy, you, the pastor, you must be sure of the facts. 1 Timothy 5.10, do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. Somebody has come and said, oh, we saw Pastor Fred. He was sitting in a car with a lady at 10 p.m. Then before you know what, he's going to tell the chairman body of the camp, the news is all over the place. The one who is saying it, say, you saw him, who was it? Can you come and say this before two or three people? They may not come back because they were telling lies. And sometimes we do it so badly when that happens. So I don't want to disclose myself. I don't want to disclose myself. And yet the news is going on. Oh, we hear this man has twins somewhere. He has impregnated somebody. Say so first, be sure of the facts because it is for restoration. Rumor and suspicion are not adequate grounds for discipline. The accusation when made by witnesses 
They ought to be present. The accused has a right to face his accuser and the witnesses. That's the biblical standard. So you as a pastor, follow the biblical standard. After that caution, Timothy, do everything openly and above board. If this is what the person has done and it is wrong, and this is the standard of the church, then do it. If you have to set a person aside for six months or eight months or nine months, fine. But sometimes the discipline can come by how you discipline. You can discipline an elder in front of other elders that what you have done is wrong. You owe an apology to the body. That is also a form of discipline. It is not everything that you go to public and go and say. Because sometimes what is done is internal. I make this distinction sometimes, and uh, maybe you're misunderstood. Sometimes we are in a hurry to say somebody has become pregnant, and we are willing and able to discipline the person publicly. Why? Because the pregnancy comes out. But what about the so many abortions and so many things that people do that do not come out? The stealing, the lying, they are all sinful. Okay? So it can be rebuked, but it must be open and above board, and everybody must understand the standard. The third caution is that Timothy obey the word of God no matter what your personal feelings should be. Act without prejudice or partiality for the accused person. The accused person is still your church member who has erred. Can you see how Jesus still loved Peter? How he still loved Thomas? The doubting Thomas, he still loved them. So, these are important rules for elders. It is when you do this as an elder that everybody begins to see that, oh, this new pastor, he has some standards. He has love for the church, love for the congregation. He's about to do something new. Then last but not least, when it comes to finding new leaders to serve in the office, you must also have a good criteria. The church needs spiritual wisdom and guidance in selecting officers. It is dangerous just to see somebody going up and down and appoint the person. Paul clearly says it. The Bible clearly says it. Christians who are new in a church should not be hastily given spiritual responsibility. Some people's sins are clearly seen. Others are able to cover their sins. But pray that God will give us insight as to who is what, who must be a leader in the church. Church must carefully investigate the lives of potential leaders, making sure there's nothing seriously wrong to ordain elders with their sin in their lives is to partake in those sins. That's what one writer said. He's simply saying, no, anything goes here. So long as you have the money, you can be right here. No pastor or church member is perfect. But that should not hinder us from striving for perfection. The ministry of a local church rises and falls with its leadership. Godly leadership means God will bless the church and the people who are working in it. And that depends on the leader. When you come in as a new leader, know God has placed you in charge. But you who are in the church, 
must also be willing, whether you're an older member, an old widow, young widow, or the young ones, the youth, the teens, the church officers, we all have one goal, to work for the growth of the church of God. People will come with their gifts. People will come and go with their talents, but the church remains. I pray that when you are going through a transition, you must know it's a difficult time. Timothy went through it. He probably had an ulcer from it, but he survived. You don't have to give that pain to your pastor or to your leader. You don't need it. You need the Spirit of God to work through. Church is an amazing place. Are you a member yet? Find one that you can join and serve God fruitfully. I recommend the Baptist Church to you. The closest to you. But above all, stay blessed and focused on serving God. This day and every day. Amen. You just heard the radio broadcast from Calvary Baptist Church, headed by Reverend Dr. Fred Egbe. We trust you've been blessed. Do join us on Sunny FM every Saturday from 8 to 8.30 p.m. for an awesome time in the Word of God. Locate us right opposite the Mr. Biggs restaurant in Adabraka near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. As well, we're in Shiashi across the motorway from the Accra Mall. In Oibi, we're near the Cares Valley Event Center at the Goyo Filling Station. Our Amasamine campus is on the Danbridge Montessori School premises near the Amasamine Government Hospital. Again, we're in Botiano, opposite the Botiano Polyclinic. Otherwise, follow us on Facebook at Calvary Baptist Church GH and on YouTube at Calvary Baptist Church TV or email us via calvarybaptistghana at yahoo.com. You can also call us on 024-369-0485 or 0302-231-854 or reach us on WhatsApp number 0200-181680. God bless you.